You are listening to Germantown Community Radio, WRGU 92.9 FM. Welcome to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show, a weekly radio program that spotlights positive real estate development and neighborhood revitalization throughout Philadelphia. I'm your host, Derek Hengamil. Jumpstart Philly is a unique community development program that trains, mentors, networks, and provides funding to aspiring real estate developers in seven different Philadelphia neighborhoods, including Germantown, where the program was founded. Jumpstart believes that you can do well by doing good and focuses on removing neighborhood blight, scattered site rehab, creating a healthy mix of affordable and market rate housing, and avoiding gentrification through slow, steady growth and keeping wealth local. Interviews are conducted during Jumpstart Germantown's weekly Jumpinar series, held on Monday nights at 7 p.m. with a Zoom webinar. And for more information about these events, you can check the events page at jumpstartgermantown.com. This week, I'm speaking with Michael Kogut of INGT LeadSwipe to discuss the new lead safety requirements for all Philadelphia landlords and how you can receive your lead safe certification to comply with the new city rules. I hope you enjoy the conversation and be sure to check out the podcast version of this program at jumpstartgermantown.com slash media. Mike retired as a chief operating officer in February of this year to order and devote full time to INGT lead swipe. And to date, he has conducted over 200 lead inspections and Mike owns four investment properties and manages and maintains all the properties himself, including the renovations. Uh, he is a certified lead dust technician and is registered with the EPA. And uh, he's here to talk to us about lead safety tonight. How you going? How you doing, Mike? Great, Derek. Thanks, and thanks for having me. And hello, everyone. Yeah, no problem. Um, so tonight we're talking about lead safety and and the requirements that uh, you know the city imposed on on landlords in Philadelphia. Um, but before we get we get to that, I do want to just uh, talk a little bit about your background and and how you got involved in in lead dust testing and. Uh, maybe you can just just start wherever you want. What, what what should we know about you? Thanks, Derek. Well, I guess first and foremost, I am from the Philadelphia area, uh, born and raised. I spent about six years in Texas, uh, but my my career has been in Fortune 500 companies. Um, up until February, when I retired, but uh, what led me into the lead. Uh, business area was that I guess around December of last year I went to renew my Philadelphia renters license and I was rejected for the first time in 10 years 15 years Um, and the reason was I lacked a lead safe certificate Mm -hmm. so lo and behold like uh, many of our audience uh, I was blindsided, and, and they may be too if they own properties in Philadelphia. Uh, it appears some, some landlords have received notifications, but others have not. So, um, again, I was blindsided back in December, and I decided to, to do my due diligence into what is this all about. And... Um, Upon my investigations, I said, wow, this is something I could do. (laughs) Um, So you have to go to school. You have to become EPA certified. And then you're eligible to do what's called these lead swipes. Mm -hmm. So um, I started just 
by chance um, that the city passed a new law. I happened to own a property and I spent um, in excess of $200 to get an inspection done and that piqued my curiosity. Cool. Um, so, so now your mission is kind of to make it easier for others, right? 100%. That's absolutely part of our mission, Derek, is just to make life easy for people. Yeah, sure. So how did uh, INGT Lead Swipe start then? Was that the company you started after receiving your EPA certification? Yeah, actually, INGT started about 25 years ago with an investment uh, in West Philadelphia. I came across a gentleman who worked for me. I didn't come across him. I reunited with a gentleman who worked for me prior, and he ended up moving into real estate. Mm -hmm. So I am strong in my faith. He happened to be strong in his faith. So we named the company INGT for In God We Trust. Okay. And because we went, we went in blind, we, we just said, hey, we, we like real estate. We want to invest in properties and fix them up. And that was the first one years ago. And then, you know, I needed a corporation to set up the lead business. And I just decided for sake of ease, mm -hmm. just do it under my existing INGT. Yeah, great. So that's so how that all came about. Yeah, sure. So, so how about how has the lead swipe inspections been going so far? Have you uh, have you seen a lot of business? Has there been people taking you up on your your service? Uh, absolutely. So, what I've learned in my brief history, Derek, is um, there were many, many, many lead inspection companies in existence before the Philadelphia laws. Mm -hmm. So, I kind of hit the ground um, a little bit disadvantaged in while the existing companies didn't perform the Philly lead inspections, they did have long-term established relationships. So when the Philly lead business came along or the lead requirement came along, you know, I thought, wow, what a new opportunity. Everybody's going to be new. Everybody's going to use me. Well, it started off a little slow because Lots and lots of people had existing relationships with big lead companies right. that not only do what I do, but they do many, many things that I can't go. And one of them is called lead abatement. Um, it, it's really big, big time, takes long, very expensive. Uh, but I found there's a lot of competition, Derek. However, um, I, I sense that a lot of these companies with the new Philly requirements became overwhelmed mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of my clients now are telling me, wow, you do them so fast. It takes other companies months. Right. And our goal is to, you know, if you call me and say, Mike, I need a lead inspection. Our goal is to schedule that within hours and complete it within five days. And my business has grown, I think, as a result of our efficiency and, and speed, honestly. Yeah, sure. And continues sure, to grow. Yeah, I'm sure everybody in the call knows how valuable speed is in the uh, the like real estate development industry. It's it's everything is moving on a clock. So I, I imagine that that certainly helped your, your chances out uh, a lot. Um, Absolutely. So and, you're right. Uh, 
I just wanted to ask you about your development experience, because um, in your bio and, and as you're talking, it's clear that you, you, you know, redevelop properties yourself and, and you've had some experience there. Um, just what, what have you done and, and what are you involved in now in that in that sense? Thanks, Derek. Well, I, I'm lucky enough to have a business background. So I, I, I was a chief operating officer. So I'm lucky enough to have a solid business background and all my construction experience, if you will, was just self-taught, uh, you know, over 40, 50 years. Well, I'm 58. So let's say over 40 years. Um, believe it or not, and I would recommend this to anybody. Now you have YouTube, which is so easy if you want to learn mm -hmm. stuff with construction, but Home Depot sells this little orange book. It's a hardcover book. I think somebody gave it to me as a, as a gift. I may have bought it, but I still have that thing. It's still out there, and I would encourage any listeners, if you're in Home Depot or even to go on you know, the Internet, try to find this book. It, it's, you know, again, YouTube is tremendous, but this, I find with YouTube, I have to focus on the screen. I have to watch the YouTube maybe four, five, six times. Mm -hmm. With the book, I could just take my time. It's, it's so simple and so so just logically laid out. That's how I got my start. So, sure, so I went from there. How many properties have you developed? Uh, I sold three recently to move. So I developed the four I have and the three. So a total of seven, plus I have two um, of my own personal residencies that uh, on both of those, I've done additions. Right. So I have significant experience. Great. Yeah, I'm sure that that's uh, or, or that builds your trust with your clients, right? Because it always helps when the person helping you out knows the industry you're in and knows kind of what you're dealing oh, absolutely. with. Absolutely. And um, Derek, for me, I... You know, for me, I look at the labor rates that contractors charge and um, forgive me if anybody is out there as a contractor, but they're almost sinful. Um, you know, I do. I've done three. I did two bathrooms last winter, totally gutted them and redid them for under five thousand dollars. Both wow. of them. Wow. And if you get you want to get a contractor, you're talking probably 10 to 15 thousand each bathroom right so you know it's 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 labor intensive so i you know i encourage your audience to learn some of the basics yourself yeah. basic electric basic plumbing because when you have to use an outsider it's significantly more expensive yeah that's great that's great advice um so, so let's uh, move move back to lead, and uh, I, I want to ask you just in, in general about lead safety. And I'm sure everybody has a general sense that lead is dangerous and it is a health hazard, and and it's uh, you know, kind of why we're talking about this. But uh, I just want to hear from you, you know, as a as a lead inspector, and and you know, your experience in the uh, with your EPA certification and sort of the the scientific background. Um, you know, why is lead safety so important? Um, it, it, why is it not just something that we brush off like like other things? Thanks, Derek. Um, well, let me preface by saying the lead safety is kind of like the current COVID experience. You've got people who say masks are mandated. You have people that don't want to wear masks. 
You have Fauci himself, who was, you know, made changes over over time. But the bottom line is it, it's just not simply black and white. We, we do know lead is dangerous. To what extent um, and why Philadelphia mandated, I'll, I'll give you as much background as I can. And I, I may, ref, I'm going to refer to my notes here, but um, so why, why it's critical. Um, lead can easily get into the body. And it gets into the body either through ingestion orally, water, kids chew paint chips, what have you, um, or they can be breathed in. So they're your two sources of getting into the body is oral consumption or breathing in dusts. Now, what are the results, uh, the dangerous results of lead? Well, it's focused mainly on children. Um, you know, unless you absorb a significant amount of lead at, at one time, the impact and effects take years. Mm -hmm. So what they found, what science has found in children is lead has caused nervous system disorders, developmental delays, and behavioral problems. Mm -hmm. And more specifically, it, it impacts the brain, the nervous system, and causes organ damage. So that's the historical um, concern with lead. And, and of course, not of course, maybe, but that all stemmed from the usage of lead-based paint. Right. And, you know, yeah, when lead-based paint was developed, it was phenomenal, I guess, for usage purposes. But the health impacts were unknown. And over time, it became evident that lead was a source of health issues. Now, in adults, the focus is more on the reproductive systems and pregnant pregnancies. That's where the focus is. Um, but but it's long term, Derek, and and there's some of the health reasons that have been documented and quoted. Um, yep. Let me ask you this, um, you know, obviously people are probably very familiar with the idea that lead paint is dangerous, um, but what are some other things in, in your household that could have uh, lead that, that you, you don't think about? Well, lead paint is the primary factor. Uh, second big one is lead piping. Um, apparently lead piping was used um, in lieu of copper, now you have PVC, um, but you have lead Lead, lead paint and lead pipe are the basic uh, sources with the, uh, the emphasis on the paint because of, you know, a lead pipe is pretty solid. Um, if it does corrode over the years, chances of getting in the air are probably minimal. Whereas paint, as paint deteriorates, it crumbles and it it can lead to lead dust. Mm -hmm. And once you have lead dust, it's easily transmittable through not only the air in your house, but in larger buildings and large complexes, it gets into the air conditioning and the filtration systems. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest concern. When we went to school, for example, they've changed the, the example, but when I went, the gentleman hold up held up a little sweet and low package. And he said, if this was full of lead dust, 
and I poured it into the to the ventilation system of the Empire State Building, the entire building would become contaminated. Wow. My understanding now recently is the example they use if if they were to spread it over a football stadium during a, a football game, everyone would ingest some lead. Wow. Now, how true those facts are, Derek, I, I can't vouch. Sure. But sure. that was what was taught in school in terms of why is this so critical? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and that makes sense um, in, in homes that are being turned over so fast, especially historic homes in Germantown. It's important to keep track of that and make sure people are, are you know, monitoring it and it's being evaluated rather than just, you know, forgotten about. And then, you know, there's there's a line of now, more specific to Philadelphia. And, and thank you, because I learned this uh, this morning doing research in preparation here. But um what, what the statistics show specific to Philadelphia is about one half of the buildings built prior to 78. So 50% of anything built prior to 78 has significant and dangerous lead-based potential. Um, for homes built between 1940 and 1959, there's a 70% risk. So it jumps up. The older the home, the higher the risk. And for homes built prior to 1940, it's likely that 87% of those are going to have some type of lead exposure. So what I learned further is that the city of Philadelphia um, in 2016 through 2018, they actually tested the blood levels in children. And what they found is they tested, well, they tested universally, but then when they got the results, they, they classified them by zip code. So what they ultimately did at the end of the study is said, here's the, lead con the blood lead concentrations in Philadelphia children by zip code. Right. So with this new lead program, they're rolling it out by zip code over a two and a half year period. And what I found, it's pretty cool. I, I didn't know there was any logic or rhyme or reason, but based on the study that was done, they put the highest zip codes, the highest concentration zip codes first. Right. So the levels, what they found is when, when they did this testing in children, um, the lowest zip code had a one to three percent. So one to three percent of the children tested had lead levels in their blood above what was, you know, desired or, or deemed safe. So it went from one to three, then it went from three to five, then five to eight. And then the highest zip codes had levels of nine to 15 percent. So those nine to fifteen percent ones are the first ones that are on the zip code list. Right, right. And um, I found that interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me the the way they're tackling it. Um, but so before, and I, I we're going to talk about the the uh, lead safety requirements in a second. And you kind of teased what what the city is doing on that end. Um, but there was a, a terminology difference when I was reading about this. Uh, what's the difference between lead-free lead and lead-safe, or is there any difference? 
Derek, Derek, thank you. And there is, and th this is really close to COVID in terms of right, wrong, black, white. But let's start with lead free. Lead free, it, it, by terminology, means there's no lead whatsoever in the property. Um, so somebody comes in, and this is where I'm hazy, and I, I tried to get answers, but I could not. But if you're lead free, somebody has come into your building, if you will, with credentials greater than mine and equipment um, a lot more expensive than mine. And the, they apparently have to go through every nook and cranny of the building. Mm -hmm. And when they're done, they will either designate you as lead free or not lead free. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some of my clients are, you know, they hold multiple units and I've yet to find somebody who went through and has a lead free, I mean, yeah, lead free certification. And the only thing I can figure out is that it's time consuming and it's costly. Because I mean, for me, you know, why do I want to do this every time I change a tenant or every four years when I can get it done in one time and be done with it? Um, the closest I came, Derek, in, in my research without nailing it is, is it, it appears to me it costs upwards of $3,000 or more for um, a lead safe, a lead free, forgive me, lead free right. certification. Um, that's all I know about. That's now, it. lead safe, lead safe just means somebody came into your facility and did a lead swipe. Now, this is what I do. We swipe windowsills and we swipe floors for lead dust particles. Whereas like lead free, they'll tell you, you've got lead paint in this building. Mm -hmm. It could be a hundred percent effective. It could be a hundred percent. When I say effective, I mean, it's not chipping. It's not deteriorating. Maybe it's been painted over 10 times by non-lead, mm -hmm. but it exists. Right. The difference with lead safe is, hey, there could be lead in your building, but we're swiping for lead particles and lead dust, free-floating, right. and it's not there. Right. So lead-free, another big difference is lead-free is permanent. Mm -hmm. Lead-safe is a point in time. So what the premise is, and again, thank you, Dirk, because I learned a lot through my research, I could test you for lead dust today and, and be clean. But the next time you get a tenant in, this is the Philadelphia law, you have to do a retest. Reason being, lead dust can be generated through renovations, um, you know, through accidents, fire, flood, what have you, um, anything that... that has to do with the, the physical nature of the building mm -hmm. can generate lead dust emissions. 
So where do they come from? We talked about lead piping. We talked it could be in the filtration systems, but the primary um, source is the lead paint. Lead right. paint deteriorates, it chips. And, you know, I guess, Derek, when it dissipates um, over long, long, long periods of time, it gets in the air, gets yeah. in the filtration system, gets in nooks and crannies, yeah. you know, and disturbances draw it up. Right. Yeah, well, that's, that's a great explanation. And I like the way you, you put it, uh, that lead free is permanent, that there's a, like you won't have no to get in the building, no lead pipes, no lead paints, no nothing. Whereas lead safe is that moment in time, you know, between now and the next time you do the test, you're, you're, you're good. Uh, I like that. That's a, that's a good, clear way to, to break that down. Um, so, so that terminology that lead free or lead safe came from the, the city's new uh, lead safety requirements. I, I want to ask you, could you just briefly describe what the requirement is? Absolutely. And, and Derek, before I do that, you mentioned lead safe. I think lead safe is, is more a national okay. initiative versus this lead safe is really Philly based. So you mean lead um, free is inter you lead free is national? Is that what you lead mean? Free is more national environmental protection. Been around forever. Right. Whereas and and where lead lead free that I mean lead safe is Philadelphia based gotcha. at least in the short term. Yeah. Um, if you go through like say you go through I'm talking at the national level now. Mm -hmm. If you have construction done on your building, which was built before 1978, mm -hmm. no matter what it is, your vendor is supposed to have certifications to deal with lead. I had no idea of that requirement. Um, so universal. You buy a building before that was built before 78, you want to do work on it, you hire a contractor. I don't know that anybody ever asked this, but they've got to have certifications to deal with lead. Now, again, if you don't ask, they don't tell. I, I just think we're operating quietly. Yeah. Um, so back to lead safe, um, Philadelphia and all as I could and go back to is that study in 2016 through 18 that found blood lead levels in children. That's what prompted Philadelphia to say, hey, we want lead safe confirmation for these children living in rented residential units. Gotcha. So, so what is the actual requirement that you need to have a lead safe certification prior to, to what? Yeah. So number one, if you operate legally as a Philadelphia landlord, you have to get a renter's license. So the first requirement is for every new license renewal, which is annually, Philadelphia now requires you to submit a lead, lead safe certificate. So if you're like me, I was a residential property owner for rent for 15 years in Philadelphia. Every year I renewed my license, no issues until now. So a lot of the people listening, if, if you have Philadelphia rental licenses, the next time you go to renew, the city's going to flag you 
and say, where's your lead certificate? So that's requirement number one. You need one to renew your Philadelphia rental license. Requirement number two is, if say you lease a, a property, which I do, anytime you change tenants, you are required by Philadelphia, you are required to provide them the new tenant with a lead safe certificate. So if you had five turnovers during a year, you would, by Philadelphia standards, you would need five lead safe inspections. Right. And this, this came into effect last, last October, right? Absolutely. Yep. October yeah. of 20. Yeah. And do you anticipate it just staying as a requirement for, for the, you know, uncertain future or, or is it, cause it, cause it sounds like, um, this is sort of a, a reaction to the, like yes. you said, study, that study that found all those levels. So is this going to, do you think, like, what do you see? Um, I mean, I guess people should, should be concerned about the short term, obviously, but, um, you know, do you think it's going to stick around? Well, it's a great question. And, and as a business owner and a new business owner, Derek, I've asked myself that question. Is my business just a, like a one-time windfall because is this, this is new or is this going to continue on and on? So uh, the first thing is the rollout goes through um, next year. And I'll give you the exact date. It goes through September of 2022. Okay. So my belief is there's a ton of landlords out there that don't even know this is coming. Right. Because um, nobody sent me a letter in advance. Nobody, nothing. If you're just tuning in, this is a conversation with Michael Kogut of INGT Lead Swipe to discuss the new lead safety requirements for all Philadelphia landlords and how you can receive your lead safe certification to comply with the new city rules. Thank you for listening to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show on Germantown Community Radio, WRGU 92.9 FM, and I hope you're enjoying the discussion. So... So just if you could just describe the the zip codes for me again. So it is like, is it one zip code at a time, or are all those zip codes subject to these requirements? No, and, uh, I'll actually. Can can you see that, Derek? I know others can't, but uh, uh, yeah, so, I, you might want to read it out. Uh, just just yeah. So it the first round included one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The first round included eleven zip codes. And they, they were supposed to be done by March of this year. Mm-hmm. But I'm still doing tons of inspections in those zip codes. So either people said, I'm not going to comply. I'm not going to do it. I'm, who knows? I've had a ton of people tell me, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. So what's the ramifications? Well, all I know for sure, you're not going to get your license renewed. Right. Um, as for fines and penalties, I'm not certain, but I'm sure they could make your life miserable right. if yeah. they wanted. So, it's so not- anyway, it, it's four rounds, Derek, of approximately 12 zip codes in every round. So the first round went from October 2020 to March 21, 2021. The second round went from April 1st to September 30th. 
of this year. The third round goes from October 1st of this year through March 31st of next year. And then the final round is April 1, 22 through September 2022. So to answer your question, I see another year, year and a half of bedlam, meaning people are going to get caught off guard. Um, And then after that, well, then every time tenants change, these are going to be required. So I believe it will be ongoing. I believe it'll be diminished. Mm-hmm. And then as for the licensure, it's going to have to be done every four years. So once you get a certificate for your first license renewal, you don't have to get another one for four years for license renewal purposes. Right. But in those four years, if you have 50 tenant changes, you're supposed to get them for each tenant change. Right. And, and based off what you were saying earlier about how expensive the, the remediation process is um, and how expensive a, a lead free inspection is, it's like people are going to be catching up for a while before they're, they're able to like handle those costs. Right. They're exactly. going to. Exactly. And, you know, I think lead free is the way to go unless, say, you own a building with 50 units, hmm. then you do your cost benefit analysis is. Do I do lead freeze for the next X or do I? But the problem with the problem with a lead free is if they go in and they find lead, you're not lead free anymore. And you just paid probably a significant amount of money. Right. So my, my gut tells me before you would do a lead free, you want to be pretty certain it's yeah. lead free. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you're wasting your money. Sure. All right. So we're uh, we, we're running not not short on time, but let's uh, let's move on throughout our, our uh, list here. And and I, I do want to talk about the process. And uh, maybe you can use your your um, service as a as a guideline. Um, like when do you have to start the process of, of receiving your lead safe certification? Um, like how early on in the process, and then what happens after that? So any anybody out there that is a landlord. This process came into effect for them October of last year. Mm -hmm. Now, how the individual process works is either you get a notification from the city or you join a webinar such as this Mm -hmm. or somebody tells you or what have you. But first thing, you know, you learn that effective October, you have to do this. Mm -hmm. So from there... I guess you decide, let me, let me, Derek, read out the, um, the main point of contact for the city. Uh, This is important. Everybody should, should jot this one down. I also just want to say, Angie put the, um, the link to the, the Philadelphia or Philadelphia.gov website where it had that chart you were looking at, Mike. Um, So if the contact's on there, people can probably just use the link. um, Okay. Fair enough, but for the purposes of this little presentation, the official um, authority is the Philadelphia Lead and Healthy Homes Program. Um, So once again, it's Lead and Healthy Homes Program, and they can be reached at lead.cert at philly.gov. 
So lead.cert at philly.gov. Thanks, Angie. <laughs> cool. And um, she's got it. So they're 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 the official, you know, what I tell you, I think is all factual and correct, but they're they're the they're the official. Okay. If you need information. So so let's say you just or you're coming up on a tenant uh, turnover or, or you're looking to renew your rental license, what, what do you do? Who, who should you, you talk to first and, and what, what, what does so that mean? First thing is you're aware of the need. Now you got to find a vendor. Mm -hmm. So at one point, Philadelphia, I believe, had a list of vendors out there, but um, I tried to get on it and I was told that they now move that list they gave the list to the Environmental Protection Agency. Mm -hmm. So now if you want to find a vendor, my understanding is to get the list, you have to go to the EPA website. Or, of course, call INGT Leadswipe, but regardless. Yeah, sure. So, And I just want to say I also put that link in the uh, chat. So uh, anybody who's on my website, it's so You call your vendor and... You know, I'll, I can only speak for the way I work. I, I can tell you I'm told other vendors are overwhelmed. I guess they took off on more business than they could handle. They're months behind. And I'm hearing lots of errors on the certificates, like putting the wrong zip codes, the wrong addresses, just things that would happen if you're overwhelmed as a business person. But anyway, you call up your vendor. Um, if you're an individual, so I have two clients. I have individual landlords that might own one unit. And I have property managers that uh, manage 300 units. Mm -hmm. So if you're an individual landlord, let's start there. You call your vendor, say, I need a lead inspection. So my answer is, I'm available. I'll do it. What works for you? And most people say, well, let me get a hold of my tenant. Or they give me the tenant's information. Mm -hmm. And I call and arrange. So as an individual landlord, first thing you do is pick a date. Mm -hmm. if, the, if the unit's vacant, you as the landlord can set up the date yourself. Mm -hmm. If the unit's rented, you probably have to coordinate with your tenant. or have me, the vendor, coordinate with your tenant. So first step is scheduling. Make sure there's access to the property because whether it's me or not me, I incur costs to go out. So if I go out there and knock on a door and nobody answers, you know, that's been scheduled. Um, I have to charge. So I don't charge for the full inspection. I do believe some vendors do. But so tidbit of advice for the landlords out there. When you're talking to your, your um, tenants, hey, Mr. Miss Tenant, if this goes off as planned, fine. But if you don't answer the door or this or that, you have to pay the, the inspection charge for the visit. And I'll typically charge either 50 or 75, depending upon the circumstances. Okay. So so, so let's uh, move on and say that inspection happens. You show up at the door and, and you, you're good. Uh, what, what does the inspection look like? How, how long does it take? Uh, what, what? 
Uh, first of all, we show up at the door, we put on our protective equipment, we have masks, we have gloves, and we have booties. Um, so by, by Philadelphia standards, we are required to swipe, and I'll explain swipe. We're required to swipe every bedroom and one common area. So if you have a three-bedroom house, we have to swipe every bedroom. We swipe a windowsill, not just one windowsill, and one floor sample in each bedroom. Then we go to the common area. That could be kitchen, could be living room, could be dining room. We swipe one windowsill and one floor in that area. Now, what is a swipe? So we go into the bedroom. Let's say we start with a bedroom. We have uh, special swipes, special little cloths that come in a sealed envelope. So we'll go in. First thing I do, I have a large um, envelope and I'll mark that with the address. 123 C Street. So that represents the building. Then I might go to the back bedroom. So then I'll have another little sample container that'll be called back bedroom. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go swipe the windowsill and I'll fold the swipe up and I'll put it in a baggie and I'll call that back bedroom sill. Then I'll swipe the floor. And I'll put the swipe in a little baggie. It's just a cloth. And I'll call that back bedroom floor. Then I'll go to bedroom number two and say that's the front bedroom. Swipe the windowsill, put it in a little baggie and call that front bedroom sill. Then front bedroom floor. So bottom line is if I leave a three bedroom unit, I'm taking two samples in every bedroom. So that's six total. Then I do a kitchen or a living room, that's two more. So for a three bedroom, I would be taking two, four, eight samples. And then I have to include a blank. Um, just a open up an envelope, don't swipe anything, put it in a baggie and make up a fictitious name because that's used for testing purposes. The lab, the city doesn't want to know want the lab to know which is a blank. Mm -hmm. So as far as the uh, lab is concerned, they'll receive an envelope with all these samples and they test them for lead percentages. Mm -hmm. So the, the results come back. Uh, if they pass, then I go and I generate a lead free, a lead safe, forgive me, lead safe certificate. So if it was you, Derek, it would have the property address, the zip code, it would have my company name, my certification number, the date of service, and then at the very bottom is a block that for your um, tenant to sign. Basically says, I tenant was given a lead safe certificate on this date. Um, but so, so when I leave, so I show up at your door, takes maybe 15 to 20 minutes for me to get through each bedroom, do the swipes. I leave with a nice neat package. I come home 
and I have to get on my computer and I have to fill out a lab form. So when I fill out the lab form, I say, you know, I did this address. I did bedrooms one, two, three, living room. And then I have a blank, which is, I might call kitchen window, mm -hmm. but I don't call it blank. So I package them all up. I send them to the lab uh, via Federal Express with three-day delivery. Um, I could do it overnight, but the cost gets so expensive. Mm -hmm. So I found three three-day delivery to the lab is the most beneficial for you who has to pay the bill. Like overnight delivery, for example, is $40 mm -hmm. versus three day is anywhere from like 10 to 12. Sure. So, so it saves you money. And, mm -hmm. you know, so did you have a question? Yeah, no, I was just going to ask uh, you, you, I think you said that, that or the example you were saying was that it was a, a negative sample. There was no, no dust found or whatever. What happens if Three there's bedroom, a bedroom clean, right? Yeah. If, if a sample comes back out of range, I never say fail. And for your audience out there, um, I recommend you not use the terminology either. Only reason being, we're in such a litigious society, meaning people sue left and right. You know, we, we first of all, my, my, professional relationship is with you, the property owner or the landlord. Mm -hmm. So I am not allowed to tell your tenants anything. Mm -hmm. Pass, fail, nothing. That's up to you. My off the record advice is if a sample comes back and it was exceeded the acceptable limits, mm -hmm. then that sample has to be retested. So if I go in and I do nine samples in your place, one of them exceeds limits, it has to be retested. Not the whole unit, just the one sample. Okay. So we'll, we'll inform the landlord, we'll ask that they remediate the situation. So number one, if I go in and it's, it's a chipped, deteriorated sill, we, we are not allowed to test it. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, I would go out and I'd say, Derek, I'll take a picture of it. I'll say, Derek, the sill is deteriorated. I, mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to test it. Mm -hmm. So whether I say that or whether I test it and it, it, it exceeds limits, then you as a landlord have to address it. And it's, it's simply addressed by a good sanding, a good repainting. Mm -hmm. um, that's what we recommend. Then we'll go back in and we'll do the same swipe just with the one sample. So if that comes back clean, then at the end of the day, I send you your certificate. I yeah. send you the original results, which would show. And again, I don't want to use the F word, yeah. which shows out of compliance. Then I'll send you the results of the retest. Sure. So you, in a, in a exceeds limit, you'll get one certificate and two test results, gotcha. possibly three. I've never had to go back three times. Great, great. Um, so so just quickly here because uh, we're we're running out of time. I, 
What about after you receive that certification? How do you prove to the city that you have it? Is there a submission process? I, I'm, I think it's yes, horrible, ugly submission process. Um, right. As I say horrible, ugly because, you know, I received my results in the certificate. And I thought, cool, I'll go to the city system, which is called Eclipse. And I figured I'll upload what I have and be done with it. Uh, unbeknownst to me, though, you have to key in the individual results. Mm -hmm. So it's not good enough to give the city the results they can read them. You have to key in the results. It's a real pain in the rear end and unnecessary, but in my mind, unnecessary, but absolutely necessary by the city. Now, I'm not trying to market, but it's a big pain in the butt. I found a guy that'll do the data entry for 10 bucks. Okay. So, you know, if you if you're a, a landlord with five properties, it, it gets burdensome to key in for five. But this guy will do it for 10 bucks. Okay. Um, then once it's in, once you enter, upload and enter the data, the city will come back to you basically saying you've been cleared for your license. And that concludes my conversation with Michael Kogut of INGT Lead Swipe about the new lead safety requirements for all Philadelphia landlords and how you can receive your lead safe certification to comply with the new city rules. The interviews on this program are recorded during Jumpstart Germantown's weekly Jump in Our series, which takes place at, via Zoom webinar every Monday night at 7 p.m. And if you'd like to participate in the live Q&A with our guest, be sure to head to jumpstartgermantown.com events and register for next week's Jump in Our. If you're interested in starting a Jumpstart program in your own community, be sure to visit gojumpstart.org and see our how-to guide and open source training workbook. Thank you so much for listening to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show on Germantown Community Radio, WRGU 92.9 FM. And be sure to tune in next week.